Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, it's Pauline. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I am with Martina, a young German woman who has spent four years in Melbourne where she moved with her husband and has now been in California, Silicon Valley for the past two years. In this episode, we're going to go through the challenges of following your partner and sometimes having to restart your career and find a new job, but also all the highlights of moving abroad through Australia and California. Hi, Martina. How are you this morning? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's late evening and we've had just a rainy day all day. I hope it stops. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely kicked in. (laughs) It's, it's, it's sunny over here, although the air quality is not so good, but at least oh. it's sunny. <laughs> okay. So you are currently in California, but mm-hmm. have moved around quite a little bit. Let's start from your first moves, first travels. How did this all come up? Well, I've always been interested in traveling, learning languages and I've always had like the trouble bug inside me. So I've always wanted to go abroad. It was always my um, my goal to live a certain time of my life abroad, study, work, whatever it would be. Um, so yeah, when, when I was at uni, my first uh, experience abroad was an exchange semester in Spain. So I moved right. to, to the north of Spain to beautiful Oviedo and um, spent a semester there. And then right after that, I moved to um, to the East Coast uh, in the U.S. to New Jersey and did an internship there for yeah half a year. Right after my my graduation, I found a job in Switzerland with a German company and moved to Switzerland. Stayed there for three years before oh, wow. moving. Yeah, and then moved back to Germany um, to be the same same city with my husband. Right. Yeah, stayed, I think, another three years in Germany before my husband had the, the opportunity to, to take a job abroad. And yeah, that was uh, Melbourne, Australia. So we moved to Australia. And um, I always had a connection to Australia because um, I think since grade seven, six or seven, I, I've had a, a pen pal. Back then, we still wrote letters to each other. Yeah. So. <laughs> It must have taken time to get those letters, though. <laughs> yeah, I know some people probably don't know concept anymore. What's <laughs> writing letters? So, I mean, yeah, we stayed in touch till today. So um, you know, and it got easier with emails, and then all of a sudden you had social media. So yeah, uh, and WhatsApp has changed everyone's life. Yeah, totally. So you, it's yeah, it's way easier to stay in touch these days. Um, yes, she she didn't she doesn't live in Melbourne. She lives in Sydney. But yeah, you know, like uh, there was always this connection. Australia was always kind of present, and um, I knew a little bit about the country. So yeah, I was always fascinated by by it, and I always felt like, oh, if there is a possibility to move there, oh yeah, I would definitely take, take it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. did you have a little bit of time with your husband to prepare this move or did it just like come out of the blue and you had I don't know two weeks to turn around and um it was kind of um in the making like we we kind of knew that or we might have the chance to go abroad initially Singapore was also on the table and um, 
yeah, that, but then, you know, some companies and big companies, things change quickly. So um, this opportunity came up and yeah, I mean, we didn't for a long time, we didn't know it would be Australia or where we would end up, but it was always kind of a thing that, yeah, we, we can definitely imagine going abroad for a bit and yeah, just, it just depended on what, like I, I I wouldn't go to any country. So, I mean, Mm. obviously for safety reasons or language or cultural differences, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. What would be your criteria? Like no go, you mentioned security, cultural differences. What could be a major cultural difference that you said, oh no, that's a no go for me. Um, I think it would be more if I had the feeling, I mean, usually you go to a country and you do kind of a visit before you go. And if mm. I had the feeling um, it'd be difficult to kind of get in touch with locals, because it's always for me, it's always the experience always is also to get in touch with locals. Right. First of all, like yeah. if possible, already speak the language or learn the language, at least to be there. And then... Yeah, that, that you kind of are able to get in touch with locals because I think that's part of the whole experience. And if you uh-huh. go to a country that's maybe not so safe and you have to stay in a gated community or you kind of live in your expat bubble all the time. I mean, it's not, I don't mean that you cannot like, you should definitely get in touch with other experts because they go through the same things. And yeah. um, it's definitely helpful to um, have expert friends. But I feel like, the mixture like it has to be a mixture of expert friends but also local friends because that's what's what makes you're going to discover the country and its real culture exactly. through the locals a lot more yeah yeah absolutely so um it's not that i have a specific country in mind but it's more like um, if you go there and you have the feeling you could never yeah get in touch with the local people or um i can never learn the language or yeah. something like that yeah. Okay. So you moved to Australia, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And how did yeah, how did that go? Yeah, it was good. Um I mean, when we initially got there, um I was looking for a job. I we didn't have kids back then, so it was um for me it was uh, always clear that I wanted to work, especially because I already knew the language, so it was not like that, that I had to like learn the language from scratch or anything. Yeah. So um, I was definitely like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to find a job and, and get some experience abroad. Um, so I started, you know, the whole um, the whole application process, uh, sending out um, resumes and things like that. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't too easy somehow. Or I guess other people, like expats go through the similar things. But it's just a very different approach to applying. For example, if you have a, a CV in Germany, it's very short. It's very... You just basically state like the different jobs you had, yeah. and it, it's not like a whole um, history of everything I've done in my whole life kind of thing. Right. Whereas I feel in Australia and probably also in the US, you kind of list all your achievements, everything you've kind of done before. Um, and I mean, in, in Germany, it's different because once you finish a job, you usually get like a recommendation letter or like a, how would you put it? Yeah, like a recommendation, I guess. Yeah, or, or it's more like um that certifies what you the work that you've done, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's like a, a summary of like what your job, um, what you did in your job, and how okay. you performed, and um, also how how you work together with your coworkers and with your your managers, and yeah, it's just like a kind of a brief or yeah summary. Oh. Like a, 
age. So I've never heard of that before. <laughs> I don't know any other country who who has that, but that that is really useful. I yeah, do exactly. understand how processes can go a lot faster in Germany than in other countries when you have that. Yeah, and you have like you always get that your your employer has to give you that no matter what. Like, and even if you did a bad job, like you know there are like phrases um, that he, the the employer can put in there to make to kind make of look better. You are not like it always has to be. As stated in a positive way, but okay. Um, as an, a former employee, do you have a say on it? I don't. I mean, you can always go back and say that, like, that's not, um, it's not appropriate or whatever. I, yeah. No, but yeah, you can definitely like go, yeah, go back. But yeah, so that's kind of that's the background why in Germany CVs are very short. So you you basically just it's the title, like your job title, and then the company you worked for, maybe a little bit about what you what your main focus was or something like that but yeah. unless it has changed in the meantime I don't know but that's what it, what it was like when when I applied for jobs and um, so yeah because you yeah you, you always get this um, letter from your uh, from your past job so there is no need for you to to write a long cover uh, letter or yeah, paragraph of what you've done that that was the first difference so you have to kind of I wouldn't say brag, but for me as a German, it at the beginning it was a bit it like, bragging. like bragging. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was really, really like, oh, I did this and that, and for me it was like, yeah, that was part of my job. Why do I have to like? Uh, yeah, it was part of my requirement, so of course exactly. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's probably a cultural thing because I talked to uh, another German, a friend, and she she had the similar issue. She was like, oh, you know, um, I rewrote my CV, and I actually talked to an expert here, and. And he was like, oh, you have to put in this and that and like every little detail. And she was like, I didn't feel comfortable putting that in because that's just part <laughs> of my job, you know. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm similar. Or it had a yeah. similar feeling. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I had to learn that you kind of have to put all that in there, like all your achievements and big projects or um, and always like put numbers, you know, like I did this and that mm. and improved by I don't know how much percentage things like that. So, how did you find this information? How did you realize, okay, this is where there's an issue and this is how I can solve it and adapt? Where did you get this information? I talked to my friend in Sydney, I think a little bit. And also right. um, through my husband's work, I met people that were in the recruiting industry. Right. So they were yeah, like, that oh, is very me. handy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They were like, oh, let me have a look at your CV and like, um, oh, but like, what did you do there? How did you improve this and that? And then it was like, okay, so I have to put everything mm. in there. And um, yeah, and I also felt that a lot of times it didn't come down to what you knew, but who you knew. You know, like wow. everyone's like, oh yeah, my mate here and there. And like, you know, like people know each other and the network is quite important. So I felt that it can be difficult when you arrive in a new country. You don't have a network for exactly. work that you can rely on. Yeah, totally. And what was the other thing? Ah, yeah, recruiter. I also talked to a couple of recruiters or, you know, a lot of recruiters were looking for people for certain jobs that they, mm. they were working on. And for me, at least for me, I'm sure other people have different experiences there, but for me, recruiters weren't really helpful because for them it was like, okay, um, what, what's the re job requirement? Okay, the person has to have this, this and that. And if he or she doesn't have it, then I, I won't consider it. It's a no-go. 
Yeah. Yeah. So at least that's what it felt like. So I feel like they didn't have the concept of Yeah, they weren't looking for to find you a job, but more to fill a spot that they had. Yeah. I mean, they weren't necessarily looking for me. Sometimes I just applied for a job that that they were working on. But I always felt that if they had like certain things that they needed for the job, they couldn't imagine someone not having these requirements or these yeah. skills. Cause um yeah, I don't know. I feel like they couldn't imagine that some a person, even coming from a different industry, could maybe transfer yeah. knowledge or um, skills or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, for yeah, me, it didn't help. So like you have to tick every single box, or you won't be considered. They they just yeah. don't want someone out of the box, out of the industry, and it kind of, it's it's frustrating when you see, see yeah, that. Oh, yeah. and like, I actually have oh, yeah. the skills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just don't know the right people yet or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, I think after, I don't know, was it eight months, something like that, I found a job and, at an, in an Australian company. And I had to, I mean, I really liked the job. I, lo- I loved my team. I was really lucky. Um, it was really uh, a great experience. But from a job point of view, I think I had to kind of um, take a step back career-wise a little bit. So... I would have like when I initially applied for jobs, I would have maybe wanted Take to stand like, up, have a job. Yeah, exactly, or at least stay at the same level, something like that. But that wasn't that easy. But I mean, I I was I was like, okay, let's do that. I want to have like um the opportunity to get into the market, and once you start and you kind of prove um, that you, you're able and capable, then maybe something else will come up, and um, at least I get some yeah. experience in the market and get to know people. So yeah. that, that was good. You I, it was a silver lining. Experience. There was a bit of frustration, but you find the positive side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. You have to <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I stayed there for, I don't know, maybe eight, nine months. I can't even remember. And then I um, got another job, um, which I really enjoyed. I was always really lucky. Like I had great teams and um, enjoyed my work. So and in that sense i had really i had a really good experience um yeah (laughs) okay it was good and those eight um so those eight months where 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 you were looking for a job did this really take 100 percent of your time and your mind space or were you able also to sort of settle into melbourne and get a feel of the city create your network or did that really start once you had your job and were a bit more in the independence um i definitely like started finding a network and um you know exploring the city mm-hmm. and the suburb where we lived but i mean you can only do as much sightseeing and i don't know sports yeah. and things throughout the day at, at one point it gets boring and you need to do something else but yeah i definitely could find a couple of people um that i could hang out with but it definitely got better when i had the job because then you had like yeah, you just your your yeah. day is just structured there's differently, a and you a new network creating also. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I, I mean, I'm a person. I love interaction with people. I, I really like being around people and doing things together and um, having a good team. And so that was something I really missed. And um, yeah, and I mean, if you have kids or something, or yeah, if your kids go to school or if you um, find friends through that network or through that area then 
it's it's different but when you when you're at that stage you don't have kids yet but you want to work but you don't have a job and then you know during the week most of your friends or people your age yeah exactly they work so yeah social life gets a bit more tough (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely then you only have the weekend and then it's yeah and what about life in melbourne uh how would you describe it oh it's um i'm very relaxed and um yeah i don't know i really like the city it's um or the whole vibe about the city it's not too touristy if you compare it to sydney for example and it doesn't have you know a lot of like sites like a harbor bridge or opera house or something like that it's more it's a really good food town like you have lots of restaurants you have lots of cafes i think before before i moved to um, melbourne um, breakfast or brunch was never really something that i was really into (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly because you know in europe you have your i feel like each country has its type of breakfast or thing like you know but when you come to melbourne it's so different like it's it's really it's really a coffee scene and a breakfast or brunch scene how they call it so it's really like on the weekends you go to one of the thousands thousand cafes and um, have breakfast with your friends and you know it's totally normal that if you go to a spot that's very popular you you just wait there for i don't know 20 minutes half an hour to get to get a table yeah it's just I, i really like it it's very creative and good food and yeah not i mean not just breakfast wise you have a lot of other restaurants there so and you never run out of options and what i always found fascinating you could go to the smallest i don't know laneway or to a suburb you will always find a cafe there and um yeah usually the coffee is really good it was just funny because sometimes if the, the cafe or the coffee shop was small, but you, you know, the they would always have this huge barista machine. So even if there were no room for tables or anything, the, the barista coffee out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, so that definitely changed my perspective on the so whole breakfast talking situation. About cafes and <laughs> restaurants, what would be your top coffee place then that you would recommend? I thought about that for a long, long time because um, I know you do that um, on your podcast, and it's very difficult because yeah. there are so many good places out there. So I, I had I narrowed it down like um, cafe or coffee shop wise to two. Okay. If you're like more in a touristy place, or if you're in the in the center, the CBD, then um, I would recommend Higher Ground. It's really popular, so if you go there on the weekend, you will have to wait. But they have a, an awesome hot cake, a ricotta hot cake. And it's really, it's just to die for. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I re- definitely recommend that. And it's a really nice, um, yeah, really nice place. It's, it has these, you know, brick walls kind of flair. I don't know how the to describe it. Loft. Yeah, kind of the industrial look. It's really nice. Yeah, and the food is good. Like, even if you don't like hot cake, if you're more into savory stuff, you will definitely find mm. something. Um, so, yeah, that's more, it's in the city. And um, if you're more in the like Bay Area, like further down the Bay in Brighton, in the area where we live, there is this um, place. It call, it's called Brighton Soul Espresso. It's really tiny, but the food is really creative and colorful, and the coffee is good. And yeah, I just love it. I, I think since we've left, they've expanded it, so there is a bit more room now, like in the, ba- in the backyard, and I think even on the first floor or something. But yeah, it's very tiny. You might even miss it. Um, but um, yeah, I really like it. Okay. So it's a good one. And then you can go 
down to um, you can walk down Church Street where where it's located, and then just go to the beach and um, have a look at the Brighton Beach boxes that are kind of famous. famous like yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can do that. So it's not too far, and it's easy to walk. Nice there. location. Then. That was another thing I really liked, like you know, being so so close to the beach and. Um, 10 minute walk and then you're there and so does really lifestyle nice. sort of revolve around outdoors and the beach beach life yeah definitely and sometimes it can also be um, in the like I, I feel like a lot of expats when they come there especially from countries like germany switzerland where you know like you focus on work and it's all efficiency and things like that i mean like stereotype wise then it's um I think, you know, Australians are a bit, little bit more laid back and it's not, it doesn't mean that they don't take their work seriously. Yeah. And uh, I've always worked in teams uh, and where people were really dedicated. So it didn't, it didn't necessarily apply for my, my teams, but I've heard it uh, like a million times from other experts, like, oh, you know, they take things a little bit more lighter, the relaxed way, which is also nice. Yeah. I mean, work is not everything. Exactly. So if you see it from that point, it's, uh, I'm definitely, yeah, you have to, uh, how do I say, like, yeah, Yeah, exactly. You have to appreciate it more. So, yeah, but a lot of it is outdoor and, um, yeah, they meet up for for drinks in the city or, yeah, go to food places and there's a nice wine area not too far away. So on the weekend you can just drive there. It's, I think, like an hour or so away or is it more? Okay. All right, but yeah, there's the Yara, there is the Yara Valley close by. So if you like wine, you can you know just go there on the weekend and and Melbourne itself, like it's it has the Yara River as well. So you can if you're in the city, you can just walk along there and in the city center, there's really nice restaurants along the river and yeah, it's just yeah, it's easy to have a good time, I guess. <laughs> So continuing on the recommendations, so we did the uh, coffee spot. What would be mm-hmm. restaurants and favorite spot, I guess, or bar? I don't know which. Mm, I have two bars or even more than that. <laughs> you have a full place. You're going to send <laughs> us a Google Maps thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, so one place um, I like in the city, it's called Gin Palace. I really like gin, oh. so... They have all different gin cocktails, which is really nice. The interior is a bit, um, is it old-fashioned? I don't know. It's not like super modern or anything. Then another one I like is Madame, Madame Brussels. Madame Brussels. It's, okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, I don't even know how to describe that because it's like very, It's it, you can definitely sit outside. So that's nice. You have like um, a view over the city. And then the inside, it's kind of... Like they have this fake grass, and I think when we were there at one point, like the waitresses were running around in um, like tennis dresses or something like that. Okay. So it's I don't know. It has a it's a bit quirky, or I don't know how to describe it. Like you know, old fashioned patio furniture mm. inside. So yeah, it's a bit funny when you get in there, but it's yeah, it's it's a really nice atmosphere, and yeah, you're on a you're up there on a kind of a rooftop. Nice cocktail. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have a nice cocktail, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll link them in the comments. Yeah, and I mean, other favorite spot, as I said before, is for me, it's just the beach down there. And every year, uh, I'm a huge tennis fan, so every um, January when the Australian Opens are on, then when the Australian Open are on, then, yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> spots to go to. 
the tennis course. <laughs> yeah, watching all the tennis players play. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit and move on to your move to California. Mm-hmm. So um, end of 2018, we yeah we moved to the Silicon Valley because my husband got a job offer here. Okay. And yeah, ever since then, we're living. We've been living in in California. Yeah. How is this big change? How is the whole settling in? Moving across the world with children this time, moving again. <laughs> so at that point, it was just one. Yeah, moving was, I mean, Silicon Valley or uh, the area here is just different from from Melbourne. I mean, it's close to San Francisco, so you would always think, yeah, there's the big city close by. But when you really think about it, it's for us, it's like 40, 50 minutes by car and the traffic here is just insane yeah. at least before covid long <laughs> so <laughs> yeah things have changed a little bit but definitely um yeah i mean at the beginning i was like oh yeah you know san francisco is close by so you can always go to the city there and i've heard from other people that the vibe of san francisco can be compared to the one of to the vibe of um, melbourne so i was like okay that's very similar but, um, yeah, I mean, I think I've only been to San Francisco twice or three <sighs> times, something like that. Yeah. If you have kids and then you don't want to, you know, drive in there and I just hate traffic, I can't be bothered. And then or you, you just you just end up doing other stuff and you meet friends here and then, yeah, you, you, you do stuff around in your area. And um, the area here, I mean, we live more in a suburb, I mean, not suburban, but, you know, in a in your neighborhood and the thing is you always have to take the car to get somewhere right. and that's something i mean i already knew that cuz i lived on the east coast and in new jersey you need your car everywhere and all the time anyway so i kind of knew that but you know with kids it's sometimes nice to just wander around get yeah. them to I mean, run and get some bit of the energy <laughs> i mean don't don't get me wrong you can definitely do that like you can go for walks and things but I think it's also just because where we live, it's a bit different. Because um, in Melbourne, we lived right next to a, a street where there were a lot of cafes and small shops and things like that. So whenever you went out, you had it with a stroll straight away. Yeah, exactly. And there were just people walking around, and you always could feel at least a little bit of buzz. It was not like in the middle of the city or anything, but it, you know, like you had people around, and it was always like, oh, okay. I'll go outside, I get my coffee or something like that. Whereas here, um, there is like a, like a street where there are more restaurants and coffees, but it, it takes much longer to walk there. Yeah. And wherever else you go, you always have to take the car. So yeah, that's a bit, a bit more organization required every time. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I, unless you live in New York, I guess most areas or cities in the US are like that. So you I mean, it's a car nation. You yeah. always have to have your car. You have to drive. And yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, I knew that before, but it's it's just something, just one of the things that can get annoying sometimes. Yeah, needs uh, a new adjustment again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Talking about your settling in, how were you able to build your network around this uh, this area? Um, I mean... If, when when you have kids, it's always you always meet people, you know, either through um, preschool or the um, when you're on the playground. 
there are always like people around and you get into talk and you get to talking and if you go to the same playgrounds you end up seeing the same people anyway so <laughs> create a bit of a community <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i mean um met a couple of people and then once we started with um, preschool met a lot of nice people there as well so yeah you slowly build up your um your network and we're also lucky with our neighborhood we have great neighbors and you know there's always we always there's always support if if some if something happens because i mean that's the other thing when you don't have family or close friends by then it's always nice to know that you have people that you can write rely yeah. on even though you're like your family is not here so we definitely have um yeah great neighborhood great neighbors and um also made friends that we definitely know we can rely on and that that we hang out with mm, you need your your support group indeed yeah definitely you always have to um find your tribe kind of mm -hmm. but with the whole covid thing that has changed obviously a little bit so yeah it, i guess it, it does make things complicated especially what well, you've been there for a good year year and a half i guess before it started. Yeah. so you already had built your support group i suppose mm -hmm. but if you move just a few months before it starts will your efforts sort of die down very quickly um when you're not able to see the people you started connecting with with lockdown yeah definitely i mean yeah even if you're only there for a short time i mean that makes it definitely more difficult but even after a year i mean you have certain friends and definitely uh, build up your your tribe or your close friends but even after a year i mean you still meet new people especially because um, after that we started with preschool and then you meet new people and um, i met really nice moms there and you, there was a connection there but then covid came and now you can't meet anymore and you don't see them in school anymore because it's like remote learning and i mean you try to keep in touch but if you've only just started you know, hanging out or something like that. It's a bit more it's difficult, difficult on through virtual when you barely know the person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, I also feel like, because you have so much other stuff to do, you try to be in touch with people at home and this and yeah. that. You don't want to, you know, like be in touch on the phone with, or be in touch and on the phone all the time. So yeah, it gets more difficult to, to, to stay in touch with these people. But yeah, I guess that's everyone. Goes Everyone's that, gone so through it, but yeah, I do <laughs> feel that when uh, when you're starting to build new friends, and it it can take a big big toll on on the efforts and make things a lot more difficult, and you can feel the isolation a lot more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But at least, like, I mean, I feel here in in the Silicon Valley because there are so many like different people from around the world different nationalities so i feel like it's maybe a bit easier to get in touch with people yeah. once everything's kind of you know back to normal um or meeting people maybe new or newish and um, yeah yeah want to meet people. have things opened up now since yeah i mean a little bit like um uh, we're back to school so that's definitely something that helps because you know it's i mean kids are just happier when they play with their, with their, friends. With their friends and yeah Especially when they're younger, remote learning is just not a concept that they're very good at. <laughs> you know, they, they wander off, like they're they're in front of the screen for a couple of minutes and then it, it gets boring. So, you know, they need the physical interaction with other kids. Yeah. And um, 
it's definitely that's definitely an advantage they definitely it definitely helps and yeah i think like you can go out to restaurants um the nice thing is for example some areas have closed their streets so mm. that restaurants and um cafes can spread out yeah, on the street yeah, yeah that's nice yeah i think um they followed the paris model i think mm-hmm. it was done in paris for first yeah right? yeah yeah we have it there yeah so that's that's a good thing i mean i really like that because the vibe is really nice when you go there and there are no cars and there's just lots of tables and lots of outdoor dining and lunching so yeah that's really nice so you can yeah definitely do that and you know here the weather is nice anyway so you it's it's easy to have dinner or lunch outside so that's definitely nice and um i think you can go to a hair salon again okay so yeah life has like stores and things have started to to pick up again. Yeah, I think a little bit. That's uh, some things are a bit confusing. Some some stores could open, others couldn't. So it's sometimes a bit hard to keep up. But um, we went to the playground the other day, or we we, we passed by a playground, and usually the play structure was kind of um, there were signs that you couldn't go on um, play structure, but but now it's open again, or at least that that one was open. So I feel like they're kind of slowly. Going back to normal. Open up. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah, I don't know. Good. We'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah, California has had a few tough months between COVID <laughs> and the fires. <laughs> yeah, fires. Really tough, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, the last couple of days, we, we had really bad air again. Like it was maybe two, three weeks ago, ago when it was really bad. And then, I mean, it was all over the news in mm. Europe probably yeah. too. So uh, I think everyone followed that. And um, yeah, that was definitely like one day was really, I don't know how to describe it. It was like really orange and then very, and also kind of a green color. I don't know. The sky looked really it's like weird. a sci-fi, a sci-fi movie when I saw the really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like the end of the world or something like that. <laughs> or, or like a photo filter or something like that. And yeah, you had to keep on the light the whole day. It was super oh, dark, wow. and yeah, it was really weird. And yeah, of course, it, everything is like black because the ashes, and um, you just you can just smell it, and it, the air is really bad, and you have to stay outside uh, inside, even though it's like really warm. And yeah, that was really weird. Nothing I've ever experienced mm, before. I can imagine. Yeah. Hopefully, things get better in the in the coming weeks. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Okay. everything yeah covid and um fires yeah just everything mm. we'll see okay so before we wrap up i i'm a, i'm gonna ask you the last question around the song what is your song that represents your journey or one specific trip abroad my song um is sky full of stars for, uh, by coldplay okay. there's uh, several um layers or levels to it why it is uh, why i chose that song so when we first arrived in australia it was right after the 2014 world mm. cup and i don't know if people remember but germany i don't know i came across this video on youtube and it was just like a highlight videos you know with kind of um the road to the title and whatnot and um it used that song and so whenever i felt it kind of reminded me of home in, in a way, I don't know. Okay. And so sometimes I would just listen to that or watch the video. And yeah, I really like the song anyway. So that, yeah, that too. And then the other thing is, um, 
the the official video was actually filmed in Melbourne. Oh, wow. So you you can see Chris Martin walking through Melbourne. So yeah, whenever I feel like oh I want to see Melbourne or something, you just on the song. yeah, I can just. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it reminds me of So it reminds you both of Germany and Melbourne. That is handy. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, now even more of Melbourne, I think. And because the other thing was um, I've always wanted to go to a concert, uh, like a Coldplay concert. And um, yeah, we were able to, to go to a concert in Melbourne because they were in Melbourne. So yeah, that's kind of the third thing. <laughs> it had to be this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, feel, and I also feel like uh, yeah, no matter where you are, you, they're always, you know, there's sky always a sky stars full of stars. looking over you. So, yeah, exactly. No matter where you are around the world, it's it's always there. So that kind of, you know, closes the circle, if you if you will. Great. Any specific highlights around your expat pre, uh, experience you wanna you wanna share or put forward before we yeah. close? I, I mean, just in general, I think it's just a really enriching experience because you, I feel like I reflected a lot on myself or even my my background or my, you know, being German or whatever, because, um, you know, other countries do things differently and, and Germans a lot of time have the mindset, oh, this and that is bad. Mm, like, they tend to complain a little bit. <laughs> the French do also. A lot. <laughs> There you go. Is that a European thing? <laughs> and then when you compare it and when you see it in other countries, how things are done there, you're like, maybe they don't, it's not that bad. You know, for example, in Germany, like if you, if you have kids, you, you get paid maternity leave. Like mm. you can go for, I don't know, up to three years. And then in other countries you have to go back after, I don't know, eight yeah, weeks or so. In the US so. it's very short, for example. Yeah. yeah. And even in Switzerland, it's, it's pretty short. Mm. So, um, yeah that's something yeah just a thing like it gives you perspective yeah I think you gain perspective on well what you have and sometimes you realize what you you have in your country that you don't get you can't get somewhere else and vice versa yeah exactly yeah also the other way around there are things like they feel like oh this 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 country does it way better or I want to keep that kind of you know for example, when, when I came to Australia or also the US, um, I kind of knew that people are more friendly, more open, mm. maybe even some people would even call it super superficial. But um, I don't know. It's also sometimes nice when you go into a shop and people just greet you with a smile or yeah. are nice. Whereas when you go in a, into a shop in Germany, sometimes people are just grumpy and, and you're like, yeah, I mean, even if it's not, I mean, that maybe that person doesn't care I mean, in the US or in Australia, that person doesn't care how you really are. But at least, you know, it's, a smile goes a long yeah, way. It's and still it's just like, okay, nicer yeah. that There's that positive attitude that sort of makes you smile yeah. also and just feel that bit more happy on that day. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, the other thing. Or oh, when you go for a walk and people walk by and they just greet you. And yeah, I don't know, small things like that. So here and in other countries so yeah i don't know no but in general i think yeah it's just you reflect a lot on what on your own country and what's done differently in other countries better or worse whatever and also you know sometimes I, i've been listening a lot to expat podcasts and um just how also how you know people from broad experience germany and you sometimes you want like how how german am i how 
um, or how difficult is it for others to be in Germany, yeah. things like that. Just you reflect a lot more on your the good and the bad, yeah, I guess. I think we all find the good and the bad in, in both where we come from <laughs> and where we decide to live and make it a home. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining and sharing your story across the world, sharing the challenges you had and yeah, the what you enjoyed, the highlights of discovering the coffee places or different lifestyles across Melbourne and California. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. It was fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to go put a rating and a couple of stars on Apple Podcast. I will, I will share in the comments all the different places we talked about, uh, linked the coffee places, restaurants, and also the songs. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. Bye.